Well, I want to talk to you today about the mission of the church. Let's turn to Matthew 16. And uh, we'll begin reading in verse 13. But let's pray first. Heavenly Father, we're just so thankful for the privilege of being here, being with your people. We love your people, Lord. We love your body. We love the church. And Lord, you so love the world. You gave your only son that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And you have a mission, Lord, that you've given us to reach this world for Jesus Christ. And I thank you, Lord, for giving us understanding today of the mission of the church and how we're to function in it, what you really have planned. What is your purpose? Did you send Jesus just to start another religion? I don't believe so, Lord. You, you sent Jesus to change the world. Hallelujah. And I thank you that your church is the instrument of that change. And I thank you that we can receive that revelation today, that our hearts and minds can be turned to your plan and your purposes like never before. Give us sensitive hearts to hear what the Spirit is saying to us as the church of Jesus Christ and individually. In Jesus' name we pray. And all the people shouted, and all the people shouted a little better. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. When Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples saying, whom do men say that I, the son of man am? And they said, well, some say that thou art John the Baptist, some Elias and others, Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. He saith unto them, But whom say ye that I am? You know, that's the important thing. Who do you say Jesus is? Not who your neighbor says he is. You know, a lot of people are controlled by what other people think. We've got to be different. If we're going to make an impact in this world, we've got to be different. We've got to stand upon God's opinion more than man's opinion. He says, Well, who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. You, Jesus, are the Messiah, the Savior of the world, the Son of God sent to save humanity. That's who you are. I like Peter. He was bold and blunt and called it like it was. You know, he had a lot of failures and weaknesses, but I'll tell you, God can use somebody like that. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed it unto you, but my Father which is in heaven. You have a revelation, Peter, that didn't come from man. It came from on high. It's a revelation from, on, from heaven. It's a revelation about who I am, and that is a, the saving revelation. That is the revelation upon I will, which I will build my church. And I say unto thee that thou art Peter... And upon this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Upon this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven and whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. He said, I give you authority to bring change into this earth. And he says, I'm going to build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. 
I come to tell you, folks, the devil's not going to win. Hallelujah. I have good news. The devil's defeated, praise God. The gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. Now, many times we hear that phraseology. We think of the church hiding out in some closet somewhere, you know, and, and, uh, you know, just holding out in defense against the enemy until the Lord comes and, and catches us all away. But this is talking about something different. This is talking about the gates or the authority, the realms of rulership of darkness. And he said, these realms, the the realms of the rulership of darkness are not going to prevail against the invading force of the church of Jesus Christ. You are that invading force to go into society and bring change. That is God's plan for his church. Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. God is going to have the victory in Jesus name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Did you realize that probably 200 years ago, there was very few Christians in the the whole continent of Africa. Today, the Lord's taken over the place. Did you realize that Asia was just full of heathenism, very little Christianity? Today, the church is strong. God is moving in the land. Amen. And he's not done moving in America. And I say in this hour, the church will rise up and take the land for Jesus Christ. Now, Charlie, were you here last night? Okay. So did you, did you hear the sermon? Well, brother, you missed it, but you know, the Holy ghost gave it to you anyway. He says, I see a launch with deep sea fishing equipment on it. The angels giving you the equipment to launch out into the deep. Last night we preached about launching out into the deep. The Holy ghost is bearing witness to something today. He said, church, get out of the shallow waters of shallow Christianity and wade out deep where the treasures are. Oh, there's pressure out there for sure, but there's riches. Glory to God. And it's time to quit playing church. It's time to quit fiddling around with Jesus and get moving out into the deep things of God, doing the will of God. It's time to not just be drinking a little milk but to eat some meat. Jesus said, my meat is to do the will of my father. It's time for the church to move into the will of God, to comprehend the purposes of God in this hour and move out with the Lord and do what he's called us to do. You are the army of the Lord. And this is an enlistment service today. You're being enlisted for service in the army of the Lord. Hallelujah. To get this job done that he wants to get done. Can I have an amen? Amen. So we need to understand the church is an army, but the church is also a family. We have purpose and we have destiny, but we need to balance that with the fact that we're a family. We're the family of God. Amen. There's a lot of people that are doing a mission. The United States army is on a mission. Sports teams are on a mission. You know, but we're a family and we got to take care of one another. Amen. We got to take care of our comrades 
We've got to love one another. We've got to be in relationship. It's, not, it's, it's about purpose, but it's also about relationship. And we've got to have our relationships working in order to fulfill the purpose. And another thing is our relationships won't be right if we don't have a purpose. If, we, if we're not going the same direction, if we're not on the same page, are you listening to me? And what is the purpose to take this world for Jesus Christ? That's the purpose of the church. We've got to keep our focus. You know, uh, I heard somewhere that uh, when a corporation begins to decline, they have to rediscover their purpose. They have to go back to square one. They have to say, what are we really here for? What do we exist for? Sometimes a corporation can become so diversified and into so many different things, they lose their focus. You've got to redirect. You've got to go back and say, what is the purpose of this thing? And that's what the church needs to do. We need to get back to saying, why do we exist? What are we supposed to do? And Jesus said, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. And he that believeth not shall be damned. The church is about a mission. We have something to do for the Lord. God has a plan for this earth. Now, I'm going to come back to Matthew in a minute, but I want to go over to Habakkuk this morning and uh, just go back a few pages and I think you'll find it there. It's one of those that's a little hard to find. I hope I can find it. Praise God. Habakkuk. Chapter 2, Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 2. The Lord answered me and said, Write the vision and make it plain upon tables, that he may run that readeth it. Write the vision, make it plain upon tables, that he may run that readeth it. Turn to your neighbor and say, run. Run with the vision. Hallelujah. Write the vision and make it plain that he may run that readeth it. That speaks to me about aggression. That speaks to me of exertion. Running takes exertion. (laughs) That speaks to me of running with the vision, getting something done for the Lord. Write the vision, make it plain. You know, and I've taught a lot of messages out of this verse about getting a vision for our life and writing it down and having purpose and having destiny for our lives. But first of all, this scripture is about the Lord's vision. What is the Lord's vision? You see, what is the... We've got to have focus in the church. Well, first we've got to know, what's the Lord doing? What does he want done? Write the vision. Make it plain that he may run that readeth it. I'll tell you that God never intended to have a church of a bunch of apathetic people to come around when they feel like it, do something when they want to, just follow the flesh, you know. He's looking for an army. I want to tell you, There's dedication in the army, the United States Army. There's dedication in sports teams. There's dedication in the business world. There needs to be dedication in the church. Run with the vision. 
What's the Lord's vision? Look at the 14th verse. For the earth shall be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. The Lord's vision is for his glory to fill the earth. Back in the Old Testament, he was dealing with Israel. And he told them to go and take the promised land. He says, I've given it to you. They sent the spies in. The spies came back with an evil report. The people rebelled against the Lord and said, we can't go up. There's giants in the land. They got into fear instead of faith. And they backed off from the will of God. And they did what their flesh wanted to do instead of what the Lord wanted to do. But there was two that had another spirit, Joshua and Caleb. And says, the Lord says, I'll take them in, but these others are not going in. In fact, the Lord was going to judge the whole bunch of them. And Moses made intercession and prayed for them. And the Lord says, all right, I'll hear your prayer. But then he said, as I live. How many think the Lord's alive? He says, as I live, says the Lord, the earth shall be filled with the glory of the Lord. The whole earth shall be filled with the glory of the Lord. I want to give you the hope and a vision today. God has a plan to fill this whole earth with his glory. God has a plan to fill. Now, how's he going to do it? One day we're going to get up and, and the glory of the Lord is going to just appear in the sky and, and, and God's presence is just going to permeate the whole earth. Just all of a sudden it's just going to happen like that. How is God going to fill the earth with his glory? Well, I'm glad you asked that question. He's going to fill the earth with his glory through you. He's going to fill the earth with his glory through his church, the body of Christ. In Ephesians chapter 1, he says, I pray that you'll get... Paul said, let's turn over there. Ephesians chapter 1. Thank you, Lord. How many think the Lord's purpose is important? How many think we should be attentive then to listen to what the Lord has to say about our purpose and about the purpose of the church? How many think this message is worth focusing in on today? Amen. To not listen to a man today, okay? But to listen, what is the Spirit of God really wanting to say to the church? What is the Spirit of God really wanting to say to me in my life? You only have so many days left on this earth. What are you going to do with them? Right now we're talking about it. Paul prays for the church. Everybody say the church. He says in verse 15, Wherefore I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and love to all the saints. How many have faith in the Lord Jesus? This is a prayer for you. I cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that, we, that ye may know what is the hope of his calling. What does God hope to do with you? And what is the riches of the what? Glory of his inheritance in the saints. In other words, what does God want to do with you? What has God put in you? And what is the exceeding greatness of his power? What you have in Christ Jesus. Power. Power. You have power. The church has power. Jesus said you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And you shall be what? You shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses. 
Praise God. I'm glad one of you knows the verse. Praise the Lord. (laughs) I said, you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be? All right. Say it now. Say it like you mean it. You shall be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. Amen. The Lord didn't leave anything out. He said, the whole earth shall be filled with the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. What is the exceeding greatness of his power to us who believe according to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in heavenly places far above all principality and power. How many, how many know Jesus is high and lifted up far above all principality over every demon power? You say, oh, the devil's taken over. No, Jesus is in charge. Far above all principality and power, might and dominion, every name that is named not only in this world, but in the world to come, and hath put all things, all things, all things, all things, all things, under his feet, under his feet, and gave him to be the head over all things unto the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. That means wherever I go, God goes. Wherever I walk, God walks. I get on an airplane, go to India, God's going to India. Wherever you go, God goes. On your job, at your school, wherever you live, in your home, God's there. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. The Bible said it is Christ in you, the hope of glory. God has a plan. He doesn't want this world devil possessed. He doesn't want Satan ruling in the hearts and minds of men. He wants change to come. He wants glory to come. And that glory is going to come one way. It's going to come by the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. The fullness of Jesus is in the church. Oh, hallelujah. You didn't know what you were getting yourself into. Hallelujah. You just thought, well, I'm going to get a little religion in my life. No, you're part of an invading force. You're the army of the Lord. God has a purpose and a destiny for you. Hallelujah. He's got a work for you to do. And he's called you to join arms with your comrades and do the work of the Lord in this day and hour. Can somebody give me an amen? In the third chapter, Paul prays again for the church. 14th verse, I bow my knees to the Father, our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you. And I pray this for you today. I pray this for this church, and I pray this for the body of Christ. As I'm reading it, I'm praying it, that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man. Turn your neighbor and say, be strengthened. Be strengthened by might, by his spirit in the inner man. We're not talking today about physical strength, mental strength. We're talking about spiritual strength, and it comes from the Lord himself. By his spirit, not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. Walk in the spirit, church. 
go with God, move with God in this hour. You get up in the morning and God talks to you about somebody. Your neighbor, a relative. Listen to the voice of the Lord. He might be sending you to somebody. I'll tell you, God knows who's ready. God knows how to get the job done and the church needs to learn to cooperate with the commander in chief and do the work of the Lord. The Holy Ghost will guide the church. That he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith. That you would be rooted and grounded in love. And you'd be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth, the length, the depth, and the height. And to know, which is talking there about an experiential knowledge, to know the love of Christ, which passeth knowledge, that ye... What does ye mean? (laughs) Ye means me. Ye means you. (laughs) Amen. That you might be filled with all the fullness of God. You all have the same Bible I do? The Bible says I'm supposed to be filled with the fullness of God. Hallelujah. When Jesus was on the earth, God walked the earth. God wants to walk the earth through you. You are his body. He says everything's under his feet. But he's the head. What's in between the head and the ground? What's in between the the head and the principalities, powers of darkness? You. And those things are under your feet, and it's time for us to rise up and crush the devil. We do it through prayer and intercession, and we do it through witnessing, and we do it through praying for the sick. We do it through casting out devils. I praise God I had the opportunity to help cast out devils when I was in India. It's refreshing to cast out devils. Amen tired of the devil ruling people's lives. Let Jesus reign. Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord over Richwood. Amen. Jesus is Lord over this church. I give you the keys to the kingdom of God, he says. Whatsoever you bind shall be bound. Whatsoever you loose shall be loosed. You have authority in Jesus' name. You're the instrument of his deliverance. Wade out into the deep. Launch out into the deep. Get your deep sea fishing equipment going. Amen. God's got a purpose for you. You're not going to catch the fish in the shallow water though. You've got to get out in the deep. Where was I? Filled with the fullness of God. Now unto him that is able to do. How many believe the Bible? Now unto him that is able to do. Exceeding abundantly above all that you ask or think according to the power that's working in you. We say that all the time. God's able. God's able. He's not only able, he's able to do far beyond whatever I can ask or think. And I can ask and think a lot. Give me India, Lord. He's able to do it. In fact, he's able to do exceeding abundantly. That's just too small of a vision. Give me the world, Lord. Amen. Ask the Lord for the heathen as your inheritance. Hallelujah. A lot of people spend their whole life just after the riches of this world. I want some riches. I want the heathen for my inheritance. Amen. 
And look at it in verse 21. Unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end. Glory in the church. Everybody say glory in the church. Folks, we are to be the carriers of the glory of God. We are the carriers of the glory of God. Remember in the early church, when they took people and they put them out in the streets so that when Peter walked by, his shadow would pass over them. The glory of the Lord overtook those people and they were healed. That power is available today. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Somebody says, oh, that was in the apostolic age. Okay, this is the apostolic age, though. (laughs) This is the apostolic age. Oh, the 12 apostles of the Lamb are gone, but it's still the apostolic age because he hasn't took away his commission. And the apostolic just has to do with being sent forth into the world. And we're still in the apostolic age. And those signs still follow them that believe. And Jesus, in fact, said, the the things that I do shall you do, and greater works than these shall you do. You can help somebody. Can I have an amen today? The church has power to change this world. I came to town to encourage you that God will use you in a mighty way if you'll let him. Hallelujah. The church is, is the hope because we bring the hope, Jesus Christ. Turn over to First uh, Timothy. I want to look at a verse there on the church. First Timothy. First Timothy chapter 3. Uh, the Apostle Paul gives a teaching about elders and deacons, or about bishops and deacons in the church. Bishops are the same thing we mostly call pastors today. And he teaches them about... These men of God and what they're to do and how the, how the uh, bishops are to teach the people and the deacons are to serve the people. And their office is in the church and he has a purpose for them. And so he gives them this teaching. Hallelujah. How many know the word of God can tell us how to run the church? But I'll tell you, a lot of the, quote, church world is not going according to the word of God. There's people in positions of authority because they give a lot of money. Or because they've got, you know, they've got the type of personality, a takeover personality or whatever. The Lord says, this is the people, the people that are qualified. The people that I have called to preach and teach my word. They're to be leading the church. Amen. And the deacons are to be serving. Amen. Not telling the pastor what to do. Somebody say amen. Amen. I'll tell you, this is a backwards government where you've got deacons telling the pastor what he can and cannot do. The church is supposed to be spirit-led, not board-led. It's the truth, amen. I, I could preach I could preach a sermon there. The 15th verse, but if I tarry long, if I don't get back to you too, instruct you some more that thou mayest know how thou oughtest to behave thyself in the house of God. I want you to turn to your neighbor and say, behave yourself. Oh, my, 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 my. The word of God tells us to behave ourselves in church. Did you know it's important how you act in church? You know, if you act wrong in church, you can tear up the body of Christ. 
If you don't follow the will of God in the church, you can cause great problems. And if the church is the instrument of of deliverance and the instrument that's going to bring forth the vision of God and God doesn't have an alternative, then you're really causing some problems on this earth. In fact, people might go to hell because you don't behave in the church. Wasn't in my notes, but there it is. (laughs) Hot off the press. Think of it. You cause problems in a church because you're following your flesh, you're following your emotions, you're following everything but the Spirit of God. The church is all messed up. Somebody's going to go to hell because of it. It's time for us to learn how to work together, love together, and function properly in the church. Behave yourself. Somebody say amen. Amen. Jesus said, love one another so the world may know that my Father has sent me. There needs to be love in the house of God. Can I have an amen today? He said that you may know how to behave yourself in the house of God, which is the church. Church means the assembly, the called out assembly. You know, the Bible does say, forsake not the assembling of yourself together. How can you be the assembly if you don't assemble? Somebody here today? Amen. Well, you're all here today, so you assemble. Praise God. Preaching to the wrong people. Hallelujah. You spread the word, would you? Hallelujah. Glory to God. The assembly of the living God. All right. Now he's going to tell us what the church is. The pillar and the ground of the truth. Did you realize if it wasn't for the church, there wouldn't be any truth in this world? There would would not be anybody to stand up and say, Jesus is Lord. He died on the cross of Calvary for your sins. If it was not for the church, the church is the pillar and the ground of the truth. I looked up those words in the Greek. Pillar means a column, which is used to hold something up. To hold up the name of Jesus, to hold up the gospel message. And the ground is the stay or the prop or the support. Thank God for the church. It's the pillar and the ground of the truth. And without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifested in the flesh. Did you know Jesus is divine? He's the son of God. He was God with us. Did you know he was born of a virgin? Did you know he lived a sinless life? Did you know that he was justified in the spirit? Seen of angels, preached to the Gentiles, believed on in the world and received up into glory. Jesus is Lord. There's a scripture in the Old Testament that says, if the foundations are destroyed, what will the righteous do? There's foundations in the church that are essential for the salvation of this world. The divinity of Christ, the blood of Jesus, a call to repentance, holy living. And these things are being eroded in many churches today with a wishy-washy gospel that says, just come on in, everything's fine. You don't really need to change your life. Jesus died for you, he died for us all. No change necessary, just come on, be part of the church. We'll have a 15-minute service, and then we'll have a uh, a 25-hour potluck. I don't know where that came from. No, what I'm saying is the church sometimes is trying to be so culturally relevant that it forgets to uphold the true gospel of Jesus Christ. And we've got to raise up a standard in the land. 
and say, Jesus Christ is Lord, he's divine, and the only way to be saved is by his blood. There's so much compromise in the church that that's why we're not getting the job done in America today. Because we're being ruled by materialism. The, the society around us is influencing the church more than the church is influencing society. But I tell you, God's calling for a change today. God's calling for a repentance in his church. If my people that are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will heal the land. How sick does the land need to get before the church decides it needs to repent? Oh, my. Huh? What's going on in the church that's wrong? Wrong leadership, wrong priorities, compromise, incorrect direction. The church has lost its focus and needs to return to his roots and say, what does the Lord really want us to do? Can I have an amen? Now, let's go back to Matthew 16. We'll conclude there. You've been really good. Your attention span's hanging in there with me. I appreciate that. I appreciate that very much because God is doing something today to those who have an ear to hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. You know, Jesus said to the church at Ephesus, return to your first love. You look into the history of the church at Ephesus, their first love was winning souls. Reaching their world for Jesus Christ. He says, you know, you've got a lot of good programs. This is nice and that's nice. But you need to return to your first love. You need to get your focus back on the right thing. So we're back in the 16th chapter. Remember, uh, Peter made the great confession, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus said, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed it unto you. I give you the keys of the kingdom of God. Jesus literally, you know, patted Peter on the back and said, Come to the head of the class. You've got the revelation for the day. Hallelujah. You know, it feels good to be patted on the back by the Lord. Can I have an amen? amen. Look at the 21st verse all of a sudden. Things change. From that time forth began Jesus to show unto his disciples how that he must go into Jerusalem and... What's that next word? What is it? Is it okay to say that in church? Suffer. (laughs) Suffer. Oh, he did. He suffered. He suffered for you and for me. Suffer many things of the elders and the chief priests and the scribes and be killed and raised again the third day. He told them about his passion and his resurrection. Then Peter took him and began to rebuke him. Somebody said, that's not too smart. Amen. He rebuked the Lord saying, be it far from thee, Lord, this shall not be unto thee. But he turned and said unto Peter, Get thee behind me, Satan. Thou art an offense unto me. Thou savorest not the things that be of God, but the things that be of men. Peter was at the head of the class, and all of a sudden he's in the back corner with the dunce hat on. 
He called him Satan. The stuff that's coming out of your mouth is Satan. We talked about the glorious church, you know, how wonderful we are. But sometimes Satan comes out of our mouth. We're on the wrong track. You've got to walk after the spirit, not after the flesh. Peter wanted what his flesh wanted. He wanted Jesus to stay. Jesus, don't go away. I want to keep seeing the miracles. I want, to, I want you to be around. You're my pastor. Don't ever go away, Jesus. Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Peter says, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. What a wonderful revelation. But when Jesus said, I have to suffer, Peter said, no way. That's not part of my theology. You savor not the things that are of God, but the things that are of men. Savor means to let mine be. Let something be in your mind. You know, the Bible said that we need to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. It's the same word used in Philippians where he said, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. What kind of mind did Christ Jesus have? He had a mind to suffer for others, to give himself for others, to lay down his life for others. He said, let this mind be in you. Peter didn't have that mind yet. He had another mind. I want Jesus to stay here and be my pastor. But Jesus had another plan to die for the sins of the world. That the will of God may be done. He said, you're not savoring the right thing. You're not chewing on the right steak. How many ever savored a good steak? We've got to savor spiritual reality, spiritual truth. We've got to savor what God is trying to do. We've got to get our minds renewed and on the thinking path of what God wants for the church of Jesus Christ and what God wants to do in this world, not what our little fleshly ideas think they should be. We've got to get a bigger vision, a vision to reach this world for Jesus Christ. Then said Jesus to his disciples, we have any disciples here today? Thank you. We have one. Oh, we have. Praise the Lord. Then said Jesus to you all here. If any man come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whosoever will save his life will lose it. And whosoever will lose his life for my sake will find it. He says, if you want to come after me, Deny yourself, take up your cross and follow me. Jesus said, if you follow me, I'll make you fishers of men. We want to follow him without any sacrifice. We want to follow him. We want to see souls come into the kingdom, but we don't want it to cost us anything. Hello? I found out it costs. Even a few things that, that I've been able to do, you know, like going to India. I got over in India, you know, and. I'll tell you, the, the, well, the toilets aren't the best over there. The food's different. You, I mean, that just isn't really the most comfortable place for an American, cushy American to go and be. Let's put it that way. Get over there and I say, you know, my flesh is going, Lord, just I want to go home. But, you know, you go out night, at night and you see 
People coming to the Lord, receiving Jesus Christ, their Savior. Lives changed, demons being cast out, people being healed. That's what the Lord, what the Lord wants to happen. You say, well, the Lord hasn't called me to go to India, but he's called you to be willing to sacrifice. The scripture said, as a good soldier of Jesus Christ, endure hardness. There's people dying for their faith in this world today. But in the American church, if we get a little bit of criticism, we're ready to quit. Amen. We've got to get some backbone in this church, and we've got to get some resolve about getting this job done. We've got to get our focus back on the right thing. Can somebody say amen? What is holding the church back from reaching this world for, for Jesus Christ? We don't want to suffer. We don't want to talk to somebody about Jesus because they might make fun of us. Hello. We want our priorities to be on our cushy lifestyle. <laughs> Amen. Rather than the needs of this world. Are you here today? Not here to beat you up. I'm here to encourage you now. This is an army. This is a family. This is an army. Amen. And we are the invading force in this world. You know, I'm amazed at the amount of discipline, diligence, labor, commitment. There's that C word again. He's, he's speaking funny things here in the church. Commitment. Some, everybody say commitment. I'm amazed at the amount of commitment that are in sports teams, for example, to win a, to win a championship. What it takes and what they give in order to win. One time I was, I was listening to the radio and uh, it was called the Twins Magazine. I don't know if you get WCCO up here, but WCCO has the Twins Magazine. And the minor league, the guy that runs the minor league was on there talking about all the teams in the minor leagues. Now the Twins aren't doing too great this year, but the Twins are very successful overall as a team it's because of the fact they don't have money but they've got a really good minor league team or system. And this guy was talking about their, the different players and the different teams and how this one's doing and that one's doing and what they're doing, how they're shifting things around and the work that everybody's doing. And I mean, he had all the statistics. I mean, this guy was organized, diligent, disciplined. He had a vision and he was going to see it get accomplished. And that's why the twins have been able to do what they what they've been able to do. And as I was sitting there listening to that, I thought, that is so far from where we're at in the church. I mean, we're just so lackadaisical, you know. We just say, well, you know, whatever will be, will be. We, we're not running with the vision. <laughs> we're not disciplined soldiers. If we would be, we'd be turning this world up for upside down for Jesus Christ or right side up. Amen. I'm telling you, God is calling you into enlistment in the army of the Lord today. Hallelujah. To sign up for active duty. You say, I'm, I, I'm ready to retire. No, no, no retirement. Glory to God. It's time to wake up and hear the call of the Lord. God has a plan for your life. Amen. It's not the same as the person next to you, but he's got a plan. And he says, as a good soldier of Jesus Christ, endure hardness. Hallelujah.
What's it worth to you to see this world one for Jesus Christ? Are you willing to sacrifice? Are you willing to be a team player? Even when your flesh doesn't want to go that way. I'm sort of an individualistic guy. I mean, I kind of like being alone. I kind of like doing my own thing. God says, no, you're not going to get the job done that way. You've got to work with the body of Christ. We've got to unite. And if things don't fit just right, just back off and let the Lord work it out, you know. Don't get in a fight and a fuss, you know, as far as relationships in the church. But we've got to keep on that track. Let's work together. Turn to your neighbor and say, let's work together. Let's work together. We're partners. We're fishing partners. It's time to launch out into the deep. Amen. It's time to get out of the shallow waters. Keep the vision before us, and we will see the harvest come in. Praise God. Let's bow our heads. Thank you, Father, for your loving kindness and your mercy. Oh, hear the call of the Lord today for enlistment in his army, in the army of the Lord. Sign up today for active duty. Hallelujah. Uncle Sam says, I want you. God says, I want you. God is saying, I want you. I will use you. I will bless you. There will be sacrifices, but the rewards are far greater. You will lose your life, but you will gain life in the army of the Lord, in the plans and purposes of God. Father, we thank you today for your mercy and your love for us. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And the scripture said, if one died for all, then all should live for him. And so, Lord, you call us today to live for you. To not live in a shallow profession of faith that is really meaningless when it comes down to what we do in our daily life. But to get up every day and live the Christian life. To be an example to others. To pursue holiness and righteousness in our lives. To cleanse ourselves of filthiness in the flesh. To love our brothers and sisters. To walk in purity. To walk before our God with humility. These things you called us to do. You said if we'd seek first the kingdom of God, all these things that we need would be added unto us. You'd take care of us, Lord, and I thank you for that. I thank you for your love for the church, the body of Christ. Praise God. I want to ask you today, if you're ready for enlistment in the army of God, just to come and stand with me up here. I'm the first one to the altar today. So you come and stand with me. I'm not preaching down at you. I'm I'm just working with you today. Hallelujah. Let's present ourselves for enlistment in the army of the Lord. For deployment into active duty. Praise God. Praise the name of the Lord. Thank you, precious Holy Spirit, for working in our hearts today. Thank you for working, Lord. Thank you for moving, Lord. Thank you, Holy Spirit. The kingdom of God is not food and drink, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Oh, I thank you, Father God. I thank you for doing a work of righteousness in our hearts. I thank you for doing a work of peace in our hearts. 
Let me lead you in a confession today. Say, Dear Father, thank you for Jesus. I believe he died for me that I might have eternal life. I believe in my heart that you raised him from the dead and that he is Lord of all. And I say, Jesus is my Lord. And I'm in the army of the Lord. And I present myself for active duty to be used by you to march in your army, to work with my comrades, to team up that your vision might come forth in this earth. Change me, Lord, where I need changing. Make my heart pliable and flexible. Make me a soldier that's ready to go at your command. Fill me with the Holy Spirit. Strengthen me. Empower me. Heal me. Establish me. Use me, Lord, for your glory. To carry your glory. Wherever I go, you go. And I thank you, Father. Hallelujah. I thank you. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's just worship him. Just lift your hands and worship him. Just love him. Hallelujah. Thank him. Thank him for everything he's done in your life. Thank him for the cross. Thank him. Thank him for the Holy Ghost. Thank him. Thank him. Thank you, Lord. Hi, this is Susan Shanklin. We hope you enjoyed this message from Tom Shanklin Ministries. Tom and I would love to hear from you. You can write us at Tom Shanklin Ministries, P.O. Box 4144. That's P.O. Box 4144, Mankato, Minnesota, 56002, USA. When you write... Please send us your prayer requests and your testimonies. We sure would love to hear from you. You can visit us also on the net at gopreach.net.